podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Uh, I've said many times in the last two or three years, mate, that I, I don't look past the next series. I'm 36 years old. Like I said, I, I'm loving doing my job. Um, it's a difficult job and at times like this, it's, it can be bloody hard work when you're copying it left, right and centre. But um, that's what I signed up for. Um, you know, we didn't, I didn't play my best cricket at times in this series, but, but that can happen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm your co-host, Menas, and we are recording this just hours after India have beaten Australia at the Gabba and won the Series 2-1, and they will go home with the Border Gavaskar Trophy. I'm very emotional, and joining me to sort of pick through these emotions, we have Jaleesa Apps from Channel 9. How are you? I am so exhausted. It was That was awful because it happened for our news right as we were about to go on air for our sports break and I was doing the cricket. Uh, so I had written three different scripts, uh, which all had to be edited, ready to go, and uh, was hoping to have the winning runs in and right as lovely Erin Molan starts to read our intro, which she didn't even know what she was going to read, uh, they won. Oh, so, so it was just... Panic stations it was panic behind us. stations, behind, it was stressful and... Yeah. Like, think of me, guys. Think of... Yes, listeners out there, you may have seen the greatest test series ever, but think of Jaleesa's yeah, are... hardships at work. Yeah, think of me, Tim Payne. You could have had a fourth script in case it was a tie. I have. <laughs> and that was the dulcet tones of all of the summer game. Dennett, Paul, how are you? Yeah, what a day. Um, really historic, I think. And, uh, the, you know, they talk about the last time Australia lost at the Gabba in 1988. I remember that game. I was in year five. I can't believe how long ago it is. But for India to win this series, and we'll get to it in the show, um, a lot of people were saying that maybe there was an asterisk against their win from two years ago. That's been swept away. It feels like a changing of the guard sort of moment, a massive moment in, in the history of Test cricket. Well, you summed it up there. Um, and look, before we get into that, we're going to wrap up the, the the series. We're going to talk about the Gabba test. We've got uh, the the week of the Big Bash news, and we're going to bring it home with Can't Let It Go. But I just want to clear something up from um, last week. There was an assertion made by my co-host, Jaleesa, that I oh, benched her from a podcast pre-Christmas. notice. And I just have a DM oh, here from here Jaleesa from the 15th of December. I don't DM you. Please, Sorry, it was a message. Don't it was try a message. and convince anyone that I DM you. <laughs> it was a message. You <laughs> slide into his DMs. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You've already lost the listeners. Well, look, you said also I leave to go back home for two weeks on the morning of the 23rd. 
which is why I thought you'd be in the car that day. Oh, but excuse me, did I not say two messages before that? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can. Just so you know, though, I'm in the car that day. But you know what? There's other days. Well, I care about our listeners. And, yeah, and they don't want to hear Jaleesa do you think, in the car do you think, on her way to Borua. Do you think Zoom doesn't work in the car? Do you think Zoom doesn't <laughs> yeah, work do, in Borua? I don't think Are it works kidding? in Borua. Yeah, I actually do. Borua got There's no internet. way Borua is on the MBN. There's it got absolutely internet. no way. We don't need the NBN. Anyway, so I just want to clear that up. I would never bench Jaleesa. Um, I was benched. I was Tim Payne. Oh, well, he could be benched after that. So I guess let's get straight into it. Uh, sorry, I mean, Travis Head. I'm already <laughs> benching Tim Payne. Well, Tim Payne well, I'm telling you, after this series, I think Tim Payne's days as Australian skipper are numbered. And uh, I think we've seen not just this series, but in the Ashes, he cannot seal the deal in a test match. And I think he is affected by being wicket-keeping and skipper. I feel like tactically he's inept. I think in in the at the last day of the Gabba, he showed no imagination. He never brings on a bowler before a break. He never does anything inventive. It's always just throw the quicks at them and then bring on line. So do you – okay, Paul, do you think Payne's days are numbered? No, I don't think they'll be dropped. I mean, we've got the um, series up against South Africa coming up next, which may or may not go ahead. I think if that series does go ahead, unless he retires beforehand, I still think he'll be captain for that series. I think his days were already numbered before this series, and I think he already hinted at that, that it was sort of coming to a close. I don't know that... I think this series probably adds pressure on him, but I don't think that if he goes, I don't think it's all this series. I think he was getting to the point where he was thinking about stepping down because he's just sort of hinted in a few press conferences. Plus, man, I, I, I don't disagree some, with some of your criticisms of him, but I don't think that the, 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 the captaincy is necessarily the reason that, um, that, that we didn't win this series. I think that no matter who we had as captain, I think there's ultimately it's 11 players were outplayed by the Indians. And I think that what impact he could have had on the match is, is fairly minor. I totally agree. Uh, I disagree. I think we obviously we win in Sydney on that final day. We're not having this conversation. I, I agree that we were outplayed, and it's a team and sport. it is a hypothetical argument. But I just feel uh, he's shown you know a real lack of flair. Where are those sort of Mark Taylor esque bowling changes where he'll bring someone on just to try and buy a wicket? It's very formulaic. If, if you're an opposition team, you're just thinking just wear down. Um, Cummins and Hazelwood and Stark a little bit and then, you know, get you know take them apart. I, I just don't feel pain. And it happened at Headingley. It happened at Old Trafford where we just won. I just feel that... Well, at Old Trafford, he did one of those Mark yeah, Taylor form, uh, um, changes. He brought Marnus Lambert on. That was right at the end. I mean, that's, yeah, they got the second last wicket. Um, exactly. But I'm saying there's not enough of that. I, I think some of the fielding positions were a little odd at times, but I also think that you have to... There, there are more players than just Tim Payne on the field. And I think the bowlers had to take a bit of responsibility as well for where the field was. Yeah, I mean, these Australian bowlers, especially Lyon and Stark, underperformed. So I guess let, let's just focus on that last day at the Gabba. I mean, just incredible for India to chase down 328 uh, on the final day where all they needed to do was draw. And a lot of teams would have just – I mean, England would never have gone for the win. They would have just batted it out. I don't think we would have either. Good point. That's what I was going to say. Mm. Yeah. I don't think Australia would have either. And I think – Given the same situation, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's part of their problem. That I think that um, throughout this series, one of the things that Australia did wrong was I, I think that our scoring rate was, was too slow. I think that there was a stat that Dan Bredig sent out midway through the series that this series – 
and two years ago when we lost to India, was the slowest scoring rate Australia had put up in, in home series in ages. And I, I think that was a problem, that we were on the defence too much. I agree. I, don't, I think we played this series con- very conservative. And I, I thought it was amazing. India today, they had the most to lose, but they just were so brave and bold and really wanted to win. Uh, and sometimes that will get you a win, even when you're down and out, if you've just got that mentality that we're going to get a win. I think also that normally the destination of the trophy, particularly if it's the Ashes, but still the border Gavaskar is, that's the most significant thing. Who is going to hold it at the end of this series? But I, I think that the actual winning of this series meant a lot to world cricket as well. That, as I said at the start, that the fact that Australia lost two years ago, the first and only time until today that Australia had ever lost to an Asian side in over 73 years of trying. But because Smith and Warner weren't available, I think in the minds of Shastri and Coley and others, they were they didn't feel satisfied. So I, I think they thought this is our opportunity to, to win this series and that is going to put an exclamation mark against everything that we have achieved. And I think that's part of the reason that they went for it, that, that uh, a draw and hold on to the trophy, great. But to win it, they now go down as the great... This is the greatest victory in test cricket in a test cricket series in the history of Indian cricket. Um, th- that is a massive moment in the sport. I do wonder what this win feels like for Kohli because obviously he'd be thrilled at how India have done. But as you mentioned, Paul, there was a bit of an asterisk against the, the last win. I wonder if it feels there's a little bit of hollowness there for him that he didn't really contribute to this win. I'd like to think there's a, a, an equivalent of Manners in India right now saying, that's it, Kohli's got to go and yeah. Rahane stays as captain forever. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just wonder if, if yeah, if what, it, what it feels like for him. And I also wonder, like imagine the outrage if how bold and brave India were today if that meant that they lost the trophy. Mm. It could, almost, have been, it could have been such a different result. They almost did right at the very end with that, um, uh, those two Washington quick wickets. Sunday, yeah, the yeah. reverse yeah. sweep. And then, yeah. then Takua just sort of lofting one up into the air. Mm. Um, if they'd been able to keep um, Pant off strike and then knocked out a, knocked out the bottom yeah. three, God, that would have been... You know. Yeah. I, I was surprised, actually, when they, that two was run that took... You know, you could have put Pant back on strike then, mm. but they didn't. And I thought, what are you doing? You're, are you trying to lose this? But, yeah, it was very bold. So Shubman Gill also played exceptionally well, 91 off 146 balls. He really set up the victory early on. He kept them in the game. Pujara made 56 off 3,000 deliveries, sorry, 211 deliveries, and Pant 89 not out off 138. And Pujara... Um You've got to say, that was one of the most courageous innings oh, yeah. I've seen in a long time. The, the, the number of serious blows he took, the one on the finger, I, I thought for sure that was it for him yes. done. Um, he just looked in agony, uh, got hit so many times, kept on going. And in the end, I mean, the ball was shown to be clipping the top of the stump, so I can't criticise the umpire's decision, but another millimetre and he would have... He, the funny thing is, that if that ball had been missing, they might not have won because it was kind of um, when he got out that the, the, the scoring rate upped enough for them to get that win. For the Australian bowlers, Pat Cummins took four for 55. He was named player of the series. Nathan Lyon, in his 100th test, finished with figures of two for 85. And uh, look, there's no doubt that Lyon will be disappointed given opportunities. And the last day at Sydney and the last day at the Gabba, he was not able to... uh, 
bowl Australia to victory. He, he that is when you need your spinner to perform. The last day of a Test match. That's why Australia was so good for so long because we had Shane Warne on the last day of a Test. Uh, but uh, line not able to make breakthroughs, and he sits on three hundred ninety nine Test wickets. It's funny when you look at the um, Shane Warne did this a few years ago. Actually, he. Pen and paper, he got out and did all the averages of all the spinners who bowled in Australia in, in, in recent times. And he was kind of making the point how well Nathan and Lyon had done because Nathan Lyon's average was, apart from Warns himself, was the only one that was any good. You could make an argument. I did this the other day. I looked at the sort of um, – because they kept on saying since Lyon started, he's taken more test wickets than any other bowler. And c- correct, and that's a, a great credit to him. But on the list that they showed, this is worldwide, he had the worst average of the whole top ten. And I was – debating with a few people. People thought I was churlish pointing that out. But I looked at it. There's an argument to say we shouldn't always have a spinner in Australia. Oh, it was literally on the tip of my tongue while I was about to say that. You know, next time we play India in Australia, just throw four quicks at them. I mean, imagine Patterson would have got more wickets in line this series. Yeah, and especially if you put Maxwell on the side, it can, can bowl a bit of um, off-spin at the end. And Labashain should be encouraged to bowl a bit more. I, I'm not saying that you you should never pick a spinner, but sometimes when, as well as Nathan Lyon has done, when he's got an average of about 32 and the you know Cummins and others are averaging in the low 20s, maybe we should um, – you know, I'm pleased you agree with me. I thought I was going to get shouted down. No, no. I, I don't hate the idea, but I, always, I, I like a spinner – Pretty much in all conditions, just because it gives you something, it just gives you a point of difference when things aren't going your way with a quick. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it didn't true. work this time. India just played line in this. They sleep. just knew how to play him. Yeah. He did have some chances dropped, um, and did did bowl some excellent balls that didn't take oh, wickets I think he as well. Badly, yeah. yeah, he didn't bowl a lot oh, of yeah. blue stuff. They just played him well, and Pant really took to him in the last two Test matches. Yeah. So India win the series two one. It is thrown Australia's um, World Test Championship final aspirations uh, up in the air. Australia now has to, I think, win in South Africa to make the World Test Championship final. So, you know, this loss will have severe ramifications for that, and I think there will be a few players axed after this loss. The next question I want to ask is this. I said I mentioned this to you a, a few months ago on the podcast, uh, a sort of a throwaway line, but when are we next going to beat India? I mean, uh, we just always assume that we would beat them in Australia, in Australia at yeah. least. But this is not a bad Australian side by any stretch. No. And they didn't play badly. I mean, we have, yes, they didn't all perform necessarily, but that four-pronged attack, that there was legitimate questions being asked during the match, is this the best attack we've had in modern times? Yeah. You throw in Smith and Labashain and, and Warner, albeit Warner was missing from some of the games, but they're three of the best batsmen we've had. The, the bit part players, you know, Pekovsky's going to become a great player. I think Green's going to become, become a very good player. Wade and Head, they're not bad players. Uh, Payne has got a very good record, yet we still lost. They have 1.4 billion people. It's their number one sport. They have an emerging... Can we cut his mic? This is depressing. We have an, they have an emerging middle class coming out of poverty. They've got money coming into the game. And when last time you thought I made a gratuitous reference to, lifeline a, in the show to Australia in the <laughs> 1960s and 70s as, as, in tennis, we used to win. There, there's times when Australia would have the, both finalists in Wimbledon, in the men's Wimbledon, and it was just like, oh, we just turn up to Wimbledon and we win. And then all of a sudden the rest of the world got involved and we've hardly had a win since. I don't want this to be the case, but this could be the start of a very, very long barren stretch against India for us. You only have to look at South Africa that have won their th- last three series here in a row. And that's and all we've got time for. <laughs> yes, and thanks for tuning in. <laughs> but look at the depth Paul's of that. Welcome no, back. No, I know it's sad. It is. It's really sad because, as you say, Paul. You know, we've 
I, I sort of felt like um, if we had actually won this series, there was an asterisk against us this time because yes. they were just yeah. – there was such a um, – yes. you know, they were down to almost their C side. Let's just go back to the beginning of this test match. Australia won the toss and batted on the first day. Manus Labuschagne made a, a lovely 108, batted very well. Uh, Matthew Wade. Matthew Wade. Well, actually, followed on from Steve Smith getting out for 36 to Washington Sunday. Very soft dismissal. I didn't see that coming. Smith looked very good. Then Matthew Wade, my man, who I... My New Year's dream was for him to score a Test 100. Don't you two think he looked sensational getting to 45? He looked like... uh, one of the best players in the world, and then he just played the worst shot It's very to get Matthew out. Wade, isn't it? Oh, just a just sort of nothing pull shot across the line. He gets out for 45, and yes, listeners, I'm out on Wade. Still still a big fan, but I cannot justify no, his spot can't. in the test side anymore. You just cannot throw your wicket away that often in test cricket. I think you're right. Um, you know, the, the only thing is that uh, who is lining up to take his spot – Travis Head didn't perform all that well in the series, didn't get a, a great deal of opportunities. You look at India, every time that they've got a... <laughs> sorry to hark back on this, but they bring in... Um, uh, they brought in... Shubman Gill wasn't in their first lineup, choice lineup. Okay, Can yeah. you imagine Marcus Harris or Joe Burns getting in their C or D side at the moment? Their, their depth is absolutely incredible. This is a bit of a problem um, in Australia. We don't know who to turn to when our batsmen start performing because we don't have the Sheffield Shield... Going right now, and we yeah. don't know who's in form. We don't know who in, who's in form, and it's part of the problem. Like you know, Steve Smith and David Warner hadn't played four day cricket in what twelve months, even longer. Mm. And so we sort of we don't okay. Our batsmen stop performing well. Where do we look for the next one? What the big bash? Is that what we're going to have to end no, up? No, but doing? You, you do. I'm look, not shitting on the big bash. No, no but you do uh, look at the stats from the Shield from before the season. Yeah, but then you've got some players that aren't playing it. Yeah, but like someone like Curtis Patterson, he's a, you know, he made a Test hundred in his last innings for Australia. Um, he wouldn't have lost his ability to play the red ball while the big bash is on. So no, but no, but what I'm saying is in the big bat in the Shield, you don't have Australian players is playing it, mm. so they're not facing the best bowlers. They're not facing – we don't know where to look for batsmen because they're not facing Pat Cummins. They're not facing it's Mitchell Stark. We don't really know how they are going to handle test format. Mm. No, you're 100% right. I I like um, Glenn Maxwell, um, Curtis Patterson, Ben McDermott, who was on this podcast. He might be someone. But you're right. There's no obvious answers. Um, so I think that scheduling we, is a problem. It is, and you don't know who's in, uh, you know, who's in form. And if you want to make a change during the series, it's hard. And we don't know who's in genuine form mm. because they're not facing the best. But that's always been the case. I mean, the, the the number of top flight players that play have played in the Shield more than one or two matches has been very rare for for decades now. Not just the change of the Big Bash. You know, very very few games that the top players play in it. Oh, a hundred percent. But I just think it's been a it's going it's getting more to be more of a problem. Yeah, as the Big Bash gets bigger and takes over more of the summer. So Australia made 369 in their first innings. Wasn't enough. Certainly unders. Um, it was a good batting wicket. They should have made 400 plus. And then in reply, India slumped to six for 186. And, you know, this is a time Australian fans are probably just starting to imagine the Border Gavaskar trophy being wheeled into the offices in Jollymont and put up on the on the shelf. But then... Uh, the India scrambled to 336 th- thanks to Sundar and Thakur, who made half centuries each. And Men Australia only had a lead of 33. Um, so in Australia's second innings, they made 294. Warner made 48. Smith made 55. And 
Dennett's put way to duck just to upset me. Um, <laughs> and then um, Shiraj took five God, wickets. when he was walking off Wade too, it felt like he was walking off the last series. Yeah. He just went, okay, thanks for my test career. See you later. It's amazing how quickly things change. You know, 45 not out in the first innings, looking good. If you'd said, I think we should drop Wade, everyone would have said, no, don't be stupid. Mm. Bang, bang. Um, and that, you're right, I think that's probably it for him. Mm. Such a shame. But he, he, he had his chance to so say... Australia, India was at 328 for victory. We know what happened from there. So there's been a bit of chat on this panel and in the media that did Tim Payne, um, you know, leave it too late to end the Australian innings. They were bowled out in the end for 294, but should they have declared earlier and got more time at India on the fourth afternoon? I think, if anything, the final day proved that Tim Payne actually played it right and that we needed all those runs to stay in the game. But uh, what do you guys think? Oh, I can't even tell you how much I disagree and how I'm so infuriated by this. I don't know why he didn't declare it T. And it's an easy argument to make to be like, well, they ended up getting all the runs. Maybe he declared too early. No, no, no. There was terrible light yesterday. The pitch was going all over the shop. We could have sent our bowlers in instead of wasting them batting when Cummins actually got hit. We could have sent the bowlers in. They might have got two quick wickets, and today might have been a very different story. I just You gave them less time. That's all you did. Okay, so India draw, they win the trophy. India win, they win the trophy. What a result. Mm-hmm. So like, would you have sort of set them around like, you know, late? I would have declared it T. They were going to grind out a draw, or they were going to get a win, I felt, unless you played aggressively. Yeah, unless I, I you wanted sent to the dra- bowlings drag it into that last session like we saw on the but you why, know we saw what's the point? What was well, the point? Because you saw stuff happen the uh, wicket started to fall. Yeah, the, exactly. Wicket started to fall because it started to get Payne dark. did speak afterwards that um you know talking about the game that you know he was a little frustrated they didn't get any overs on the fourth afternoon. That well, was... mate, there was rain coming. You, have you got the Bureau of Meteorology app? Like, have a crack. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, there was also forecast rain for the fifth day, and it never came. Um, so when the actual end of the innings occurred, India needed to score at only 2.69 uh, for the rest of the match to win the game. And ultimately, they didn't get that many overs because there was that rain um, on the fourth afternoon. What I would have liked to have seen is... is Maybe Cameron Green bat a little bit more aggressively um, during the Australian innings, uh, which I don't want to be too critical of him because we lost a cluster of wickets. He and Smith had to do a rescue job because if they'd c- completely collapsed then, India would have had a fairly small target. But I think that maybe that's something that Green could get better at, pushing the singles and, and um, rather than getting becalmed. But I just think if, if, if they had declared earlier, then India would have won more easily. But what, but why 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 would why would you give our bowlers less time to give the, get them out? Well, less runs is also less time, so yes, they yeah, could have got it quicker. They by declaring earlier, you give them less time because they got the runs. But it earlier. changes the way that they play, and I think okay. So, what was the best result today? Honestly, the best result was a draw. If India hadn't played as aggressively as they like. Most teams in the world would have grind out a draw. Mm. The Australia, best result today was a draw. That's Australia not a never win. looked like winning today. They never, either. But never, they never looked were like anything. Going to. Did we? Unless we went aggressive yesterday, they were never going to. I don't think it would have made a difference. Uh, Paul, you've, you've got something you, to just to illustrate what an achievement this is for the Indian side. You've got a team of of players that weren't here. I mean, uh, you know, you can, 
Well, we were complaining about Smith and Warner two years ago. Just read this team out. Okay, so this is an 11 of players who weren't available for the series or weren't available for the full series. Now, in the case of Coley, that was his own choice, but still. So you've got Rahul and Rohit Sharma to open the batting, then Coley at three, Vahari four, Jadeja five, Ashwin six, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who was injured, seven, Ishant Sharma eight, Shami nine, Bumra ten, and Umesh Yadav eleven. Now, that's a pretty handy side. If you look at the same attrition to Australia. And if you could have kind of said, well, if Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, Pattinson, Nisa, Richardson, Lyon and Swepson were all missing, um, men as you and I might have got a game. So, um, it's, um, I actually, th- just looking at that, I actually think Australia's bowling depth is much stronger than our batting depth. And I think that had Australia been in the same situation, I do think we've got some quick bowlers who even that deep would perform well at test level, someone like a, a Jackson Bird or... Um, you know, there's, there's quite a few bowlers, I think, around the Shield. Chad Sayers. There's quite a few bowlers around the Shield side, Shield system that could do well. But batting, I mean, if you took out the same batting from our system, then I think we would put out a seriously bad team. Um, I remember a few weeks ago we were talking about is this the best bowling group that we've had? And we were sort of no. de- debating that. No. <laughs> now that's been answered. No, <laughs> it isn't. Got- I can't believe go we go de- back to sort of. I can't de- believe we debated that. that like our uh, what the we Adelaide know? debacle when they bought that for thirty six. Yeah, where we were like, "This is the best." Can bowling. we just like rewind the clock to then and stay in that moment for a bit longer? <laughs> I wonder so, which moment Coley would prefer. <laughs> yeah, well, let's look at the series figures um, for Australia. Uh, the top scorer was Manus Labuschagne, four hundred and twenty six runs at an average of fifty three point two five. What I think was um, the real standout for me with Manus was I actually don't feel he was in top form at any stage throughout this series. Perhaps maybe the Gabba, but even then, I don't think he was in top form, but he still managed to make runs, and I think that's the sign of a, a very good player. I don't think anybody was in top form. I felt like everyone never really got going, even even though Steve Smith had that century, which was brilliant. I well, he, he was quiet in the first couple. Yeah, he was really quiet. I, I felt like no one was overly, overly good. Yeah, so Smith made 313 runs at 44, and... Just the one century there, CG. And I feel like when he got out in the the first innings of the Gabba test to Washington Sunday, showed a bit of fatigue. I don't know if it's bubble fatigue or – but it's unlike him to get out to sort of an, an innocuous delivery like that. Uh, Tim Payne, third on the averages uh, in his potentially last series as an Australian player, 204 runs at an average of 40 with two half century. That's the best I've seen him bat. And then Will Pukowski, an average of 36. Cameron Green, an average of just under 34. Matthew Wade, an average of 21.6. And uh, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> but you look at that. Harris, Burns, um, all averaging in the, in the sort of um, in the low 20s. And that's where I just think sometimes we – I don't think we do ourselves any favours by – looking at players who have a first-class record that is decent but not extraordinary and who have played for many, many seasons and expect that they will come to, to test level and dominate. Why are they returning to Harris when his record just indicates that he is not going to be an av- a player who averages 50 at test level? Now, players can change. I've said before how, whatchamacallit, Chris Rogers seems to be doing a good job with him in improving his technique and maybe he's going to get better. But so far, he hasn't shown enough. I just think it was wrong that, that he was picked. And I think it further emphasises that it's wrong to only consider designated opening batsman for the opening batsman position. You've got to pick your best six batsmen in the side, and I don't think that Burns or Harris are anywhere near our best six. 
wonder if Enrique's will get a call up into the 11 after this. I mean, he was on the sidelines the whole series. Well, I mean, you could do a lot worse than him. If you'd had him in the side instead of Marcus Harris, and everyone would say, well, you can't have him because he's not an opener. But he's not going to bat any worse than Harris, and he might have bowled half, half decently today. At least he can bowl. I said it leading into the series, we should have looked at Sean Marsh. Oh, my goodness. It's not that bad. He was the second highest run scorer in the Sheffield Shield. Oh, God. Can we unplug the microphone? Um, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just going to be talking to yourself soon. That's fine. <laughs> that's what I did most of the day here. Uh, Australian bowling averages, it's really uh, – it's amazing that Australia were able to compete into the fourth test because we basically had two bowlers. Hazelwood, 17 wickets at 19.35 with two five-wicket hauls. He bowled very well. Pat Cummins, player of the series, 21 wickets and an average of 20.04. Best bowling four for 21. But then Stark, 11 wickets at 40.72. And Nathan Lyon, nine wickets at 55.11. Shocking stuff from him. And no one else took any wickets. Manus only bowled 11 overs in the whole series. Uh, And to me, that's just not enough. That is just not enough. There's something here about AFL on the notes, Paul. Do you want to explain? Because... I mean, if I wasn't already upset enough today, what are well, you trying to do? Okay, so on day one of this test match, after tea, there was, a, there was a thunderstorm and it rained down buckets. But there was a feeling, I think, that, okay, um, the Gabba will uh, soon be ready to play. They couldn't get it ready to play for the rest of the game. And on the morning of day two, uh, Simon Taufel, who's been on Channel 7 as an expert umpire, came on and said that, uh, the fact that they had so much Aussie rules played up in the Gabba um, could be a reason. They'd had to relay some of the turf, and he thought that it was um, that was part of the reason that they weren't able to get back on the field. And Tim Lane pointed out that they're having a game every four days, and I just thought I just thought of you, and I thought um, this is an opportunity to make you furious that potentially we missed about maybe an hour's Test cricket um, because of the Australian Football League. Jesus, I've mowed my grass about fifteen times since the end of the <laughs> AFL season. What? How is that still affecting it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not so mad about that, but it just further illustrates my point that the future in Australia is a couple of cricket-only venues where uh, no Sharons are allowed on the field. All right, so, um, uh, yeah, congratulations to all our Indian listeners out there. Um, to Just to, ma- to make you enjoy this even more, yes, it is very painful for me to... Um, suffer through that final day. Um, I did pick India to win the series 2-1, but actually seeing it unfold in front of your eyes, it's very, very saddening. And uh, it's going to be a tough sort of uh, few days for me, I think. Um, the only thing sort of cheering me up is there's a swathe of Big Bash doubleheaders to come. Mm. So let's take a little bit of a break and then we'll be back with um, all the Big Bash headlines. <laughs> You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Manners. I'm with Jaleesa and Paul. And let's get into the, the headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcast. They're all big bash headlines um, this week because the competition is careering towards the finals. Uh, just one week left of the regular season. Then the finals are being played. As I said, I think starting Friday, there's doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday game Monday, and then I think a game on Australia Day. So it's that that's a, like eight games in five days. Very exciting. I've been promising my family that they'll start to see me again now that the test match is over. I, maybe I've spoken too soon. 
<laughs> that would be a nice change to after seeing well, like, smashes. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so in the last week, uh, the Sixers beat the Thunder in the derby. It was played at Monica Oval. Philippi made 64 of 36 deliveries in the Sixers' victorious chase. Then the Stars beat the Strikers by a whopping 111 runs. The Strikers were bowled out for just 68, chasing 180 for the victory. Uh, It's the fourth biggest loss in Big Bash history, and they have joined the Renegades. So now the Renegades just have four of the top five biggest losses in Big Bash history. (laughs) In that game, Fletcher, the Spice Man, made Andre Fletcher made 89 not out. And oh, I love those scenes. Yeah, those scenes where Glenn mm. Maxwell gave him a big hug. The Spice Man's had a rough start. It was quite touching, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. He's, and he's become such a cult hero. And, yeah, it was gorgeous. To and, see. and that's actually what one thing that I will take away from this Indian series was the camaraderie between the two teams, apart from Tim Payne and Ashwin. Really good feeling between the Indian and Australian sides. Even on the fourth afternoon, there was footage of Warner and, and one of his Sunrisers Hyderabad uh, teammates having a chat. So uh, you do see the benefit of the T20 leagues around the world. I don't think you can blame Ashwin. I mean, from what I heard, he didn't say much. Oh, also, no, no, just Ashwin, apart from, also uh, Ashwin didn't care. No. <laughs> it was the media and the public who cared. What did Payne say? Can't wait to get you up at the Gabba. Well, it didn't work out too well, did it, Payne? When Ashwin said, uh, can't wait to get you to India, it'll be your last series. If I was Payne, I would have gone, oh, that's awesome. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it that far. Payne, <laughs> Ten more years, I'll Payne take actually that. said in his press conference where he did the big um, I'm sorry press conference conference that Ashwin and him had words after the game and Ashwin uh, he said to Ashwin well I really sort of got what was coming to me didn't I when he dropped that cash so I don't think there was any I think even they had friendly banter it was just everyone yeah. else I think Ashwin will be sitting pretty right now he's already sent out a victory tweet I noticed before we jumped on oh, uh, so Zampa took five for 17 in the Stars victory over the Strikers that was the third five wicket haul of this summer and it's got a nice little ring to them five for 15 for Mujib five for 16 for Siddle and five for 17 for Zampa uh, Josh Philippi made 84 of 52 deliveries to help the Sixers chase down 164 against the Scorchers now Menas you're starting to become a massive Philippi fan. Yeah, I, want, I'm the, I agree. I, I'm I, with him. I may well be with you. I'm, I'm ready to jump on yeah. board. Convince me. What's In 10 years' time, when we look back at his career, will he have played test cricket? Will he have succeeded? What's what's the future for Philippi? Oh, I think he's got test cricket written all over him. Well, who's, who's our next keeper in Australia? Carey. Or Inglis. I'd probably still have Inglis ahead of Kerry at this stage. Maxwell. I'm not actually joking, but I I know I'm not allowed to say it, but I reckon he'd be a fantastic keeper. How hard could be? He can do everything. Um, (laughs) Philippi... He's got a beautiful technique. I think he, he strikes the ball well. He remind, does remind me of a bit of a sort of young Steve Smith. Uh, so I think he will play test cricket. Always looks like he's enjoying his game mm, too. He just strikes the ball so sweetly. Mm. Uh, he's quite small. Like I interviewed him and we were at about eye level, which is very rare for any professional athlete. I would be towering over him. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In heels, maybe. Um, okay. So that was the Sixers beating the Scorchers. Um, in the other derby, the Stars beat the Renegades. Uh, poor Aaron Finch. He looks ready to check out of the Renegades. And Oh, I feel so bad for him. I can't watch any more Renegades games. I actually can't because it just breaks my heart and he's trying so hard and I love him as a captain and I just, I just want to hug him. 
Well, I'm going to be like, it's okay, it'll all... Well, I think he'll be needing a hug by the end of the Renegade uh, season. They are I can't watch crash. any more Renegades, I'm done. And lastly, um, the, the game before this show, Ben McDermott, friend of the show, guest uh, this last off-season, terrific guy. We told him all about his dad's career, which he'd barely heard of. <laughs> um, he, he made 96 of 56 balls, which included five sixes to help the Hobart Hurricanes chase down 178 against the Sydney Chunder. Um, so terrific victory for the Hurricanes there. Ben McDermott, a brilliant 96. And it's very strange to be recording during a Big Bash game. Uh, it sort of goes against my ethos, but it is recording to watch afterwards. So the, the points table, six is thunder at the – well, six is – Away ahead with nine nine points over lead to the the Thunder Stars and Hurricanes who are all on twenty three points, and then the Scorchers are in fifth spot in twenty one points. Then you've got the Heat, the Strikers, and the Renegades on. So the Heat and the Strikers are twenty points each. The Renegades gone on ten points. So Jaleesa, mm. which which team, which two teams do you think are going to miss out on the finals apart from the Renegades? If, Mm, it's so closely matched. I, you know, it sounds so shit to say, but I really do think it's anyone's game at the moment. Can I say though? I really hope uh, what I want to happen in the in the final is I'd really like a Sixers Thunder final because Sydney. Mm. And wouldn't it be good to get it the finals back in Sydney to get a couple of finals back in Sydney because everyone's like starting to open their borders now. There's that would no, be great. I have really no missed going to any men's to big batch cricket. What about you, Paul? Who who do you think will miss out? Uh, maybe Hobart and Brisbane. I think that's a pretty good call. I've got Brisbane missing out, and I've got um, I think I think the strikers will probably miss out, and the top five will be as is. But I could see what you're saying: um, the Hurricanes getting turned over in the last minute. Thunder on a bit of a downward spiral at the moment. They've lost their past mm. three, even though they're in you know second spot. That's not beyond them to miss out. Uh, I well, that would be good. I love seeing the Thunder lose. It's one Why? of the most. I just like. I just. Don't you want a Sydney Derby? I like. The we S- live in Sydney. I like the Sydney Thunder WBBL team, but the men's team just rubs me up the wrong way. What? Don't like them. They're so nice and helpful. They, they, look, they're lovely, like people. But I well, just, then what's wrong with I them? I just like watching them lose for some reason. I, You're sick. I am sick. <laughs> I, I just think I've got some natural affinity towards the Sixers. Um, but yeah, what about you, Paul? You've got some stats from the Big Bash. Oh, just the top top strike rates. Um, sort of make it sort of a hundred runs or more. Uh, Dan Christian has a strike rate of one hundred and ninety-two. Uh, so he's he's got 182 from 95 balls at an average of 30. So further underlining how he must come into calculations for Australia's World Cup side. Daniel <laughs> Sams, um, incredible, averaging he's averaging 50 with a strike rate of 191, and he's a bowler. Uh, I know he's obviously obviously can bat as well. Uh, Ashton Turner, strike rate of 171, only averaging 21. So, but at least good to see him. Um, at least doing something after a fairly poor period. Nicholas Poor in his next average strike rate of 169. It's hard to sort of work out the best way to look at stats in the in the Big Bash, but I think uh, that's what I kind of tend to do: look at look at the most strike rate and see what their averages and um, and go from there. Be interesting to see what happens with Daniel Sam's. I actually called the Thunder before we recorded to see how his injury was, and they were still waiting for scans. Um, 
with the doctor. It was good to so, try and get an update for us before the show. Oh, yeah, I definitely didn't do that for Nine News. I did no. it for the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's been brilliant, so it'll be interesting if they're without him. I mean, just with those stats, Paul, I mean, what's impressive is players like Philippi yeah, scoring over 400 at almost 150. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's the real – that's that's incredible. Same with Ben McDermott, almost 400 at – at 543. So the Big Bash um, is rollicking towards the conclusion and I can't wait for some sort of light, fun cricket after the intensity of this test series and it'll cheer me up after this crushing loss. All right, now we've had some listener correspondence, a lot of it. Paul, I'll get your help. Do you want to read out that first review? The one that says horrible? Yeah. Yep. One star. <laughs> can't just read out the good ones. <laughs> Here we go. I, I can't. <laughs> no, he's too nice. He can't do it. He's... No, Paul, you're going to sit here until you read it. You don't it. have to read it out if you don't want to. No, no, no. no sorry. read it. <laughs> they, <clears throat> they have an uneducated woman. I'm laughing at the second half of it. Sorry. They have an uneducated woman on the show who knows nothing about cricket, and that menace bloke has no idea. <laughs> do not waste your time. Um <laughs> Well, obviously not a fan. I want Paul to read all of our main <laughs> feedback in future. Um, all right, so um, not a fan there. Now, next one. <laughs> this one's from Death Claws 667. Oh, wizard number 20. Yeah, thanks. for very educated. Well, fuck him. Um, so well played, Death Claws 667. Hi, guys. Long time listener. Thought I'd finally write a review. Love the podcast, especially men as complete bias against England and Victoria. Seriously, lots of thought-provoking ideas and, at times, intelligent cricket banter. Keep up the good work. Thank you to those reviews, even the bad one. And we had some – you know, Jaleesa was saying about the listeners all around the world, you heard from people everywhere, didn't you? Oh, I got messages after that from um, someone in San Diego, uh, Nick, who on our podcast and contacted me that I was talking about last week. Um, Yeah, and I think Paul also had someone from Mexico. He was – Yep, I mean, he's a friend of mine, Simon, but um... (laughs) – Why are we mentioning that? I forced him to to fly to Mexico, go through two weeks quarantine. (laughs) Just so we could say, just so and listen to the show. No, no, he lives in he lives in Mexico. But I noticed after that as well that you you sent me think that we are now the number one uh, ranked cricket podcast in Mexico. Yeah, we have conquered Mexico. Is it Canada as well? Well, probably, yeah. But maybe that means that that he's the only one listening to all of Mexico. I think his brother might listen as well. I actually ordered a map. So I've been looking for a New Year, New Me project to do. Um, So I ordered a map off eBay. So God only knows when that'll come. Um, And it's one of those ones where you're supposed to colour all the countries that you go to. But instead, I'm going to colour all the countries where we find listeners. That's awesome. And I'm going to write their username. Despite me telling Jaleesa that all these stats are tracked and I can just give her a map, (laughs) she wants you all to write in individually so Kian Mullen from Ireland he wrote in big fan of the pod gives me my much required weekly dose of Australian cricket I just can't believe you want to rely on the stats no no your idea is much more fun fun. if you're in some crazy place if um you're still in Uganda uh, got to listen to their send in, send in a message because Jaleesa wants to even play colouring in. in. If you're even Maybe if, you are uneducated. I, <laughs> even if you're in Australia, send me where you are in Australia because I'm going to put that on there too. I don't care what you think. <laughs> you don't care what I think. <laughs> Uh, all I'm right, having well, fun. We're having fun. Well, that was fun. Uh, that was well fun. Yeah, after that loss, I don't know if anything's that fun. <laughs> uh, well, that was the correspondence. 
from the viewers. I'm using a term there from before the Second World War. Um, We're going to take our final break, then we'll be back with Can't Let It Go. Just to remind you, go and find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Pod. That's A-U-S Cricket Pod. We're also on... TikTok is Cricket Unfiltered. Paul is a TikTok master. Video after video, he's he's crushing it on there. Some of you defend me from some of the youngsters on there who are having a go at me who don't understand stuff. Um, uh, we, we need some older people to balance that out. <laughs> Those youngins. Those youngins. <laughs> and then you can also email in OzCricketPod. That's A-U-S CricketPod at gmail.com. Trust me, we're going to be reacting to this test series loss next week as well. So if you've got your thoughts on Australia capitulating. I can't even say it. Let's take a break and we'll be back with Can't Let It Go. Oh, the reality of that test series loss is just dawning on me the longer we record this podcast. I need to get out of here. Let's do Can't Let It Go Home and I'm going to go and get in a ball in bed and just cry myself to sleep. Paul, what is your Can't Let It Go for this week? That, that one bit of cricket news you just can't let go through to the keeper. All right, this is one for the, uh, the the lovers of DLS, just like me, Duckworth Lewis Stern. Now, I don't mind James Brayshaw. I always have to preface that. Everyone else can't stand him. I don't mind him. But he annoyed me the other night during the Sydney uh, derby in the Big Bash when he made the point that, oh, there's been a rain delay in the innings break. Therefore, the Sydney Sixers are only going to have to um, bat for 14 overs and they get 10 full wickets. They have an advantage over the Sydney Thunder. And it's like, no... That's what Duckworth Lewis Sturm was brought in to take into account of. It takes that into account, and that's why the target that was reduced was not reduced anywhere near as much as the run rate would have indicated. They have had sophisticated professors set out to fix that exact problem, and they have. It's the best, most elegant system for anything in all of world sport. And here he is, because he doesn't understand it, he's always he actually postulated, maybe we should start come up with their own system. Can you imagine if some professors said, oh, look at um, Boomer's hard to face. Why don't they just smack him for six? Like, you know, the professors would get shut down. Like, Brayshaw, as I said, I don't mind you, but learn, read up about Duckworth Lewis Stern. There's about an hour's worth of reading you can do on, on Wikipedia. It's the best hour you will have in a long, long time, and you will learn it, and you'll understand it, and you'll understand its beauty. Wow. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you checked the numbers, Paul? <laughs> oh, we've had this discussion before, Paul. I love it. So I've got three can't let it goes. Before I throw to Jaleesa, I'm going to throw one in. Uh, there's been a lot of casualties for COVID, but none more so than the Allen Border Medal is now moving virtual uh, for this year. So actually, we've all been saved from the worst <laughs> night's television of the year. So thank you, COVID. Uh, you obviously see, I haven't seen the NRL Awards. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, what is your can't let it go, Jaleesa? I've got two can't let it goes, and they both... You are nailing the segment I now. nailing... Yeah. The segment. No they, one could say you're underprepared. No, God, no. Um, so I have two can't let it goes, and they both uh, revolve around the 2020 format. In the Super Smash, uh, so it's women's T20 competition in New Zealand, Sophie Devine, she only has actually been back for two games, but she is phenomenal. And she smashed 108, not out of 38 balls, bringing up the century of 36 balls, which is the fastest in women's 2020. So well done to her. I am a big fan of Sophie Devine. I think she is divine. 
um, and her batting is divine. Um, in changing tact a little bit. You got Wog- any puns for this? Can't let it go to. <laughs> I don't have any puns, but uh, this is now regional 2020 cricket. Yep. Wagga. Yep, here we go. Girl from Bora, going back to her roots. I, look, and I'm not shouting out to a friend because I have no idea who this bloke is, but it was sent to me quite a bit. So uh, McGregor Hennigan, who plays for the Colts, I believe, got eight wickets for 14 runs off four overs. Wow, that's impressive. Isn't that impressive? That was on Monday night, so that's some fresh news for you. So, Yep, we uh, well, we cover all cricket here now. I mean, that's what Jaleesa brings to the show, country cricket. The Riverina is one of the great sporting cradles of Australia. Absolutely. We should probably explain where Jeff that, Lawson, where that is Taylor, for all our Michael Michael Slater. Slater from, um, da- Laurie Daly, isn't he from there? Yep. He, um, June, he's from Junee. I just he's, said something about from, rugby league and you two just... It's, well, assu- yeah, he's it's from, assumed knowledge that Laurie Daly's from Junee. He's from Junee. Oh. Every also, single person in New South Wales knows that. Every half-decent really half half um, half NRL country player seems to come from tomorrow too. Yeah, um, that was my next line. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I just thought that was a really good uh, start. But any, for anyone who's wondering where Wagga is, if you're listening in Mexico, as I know most of you are, uh, that's in regional New South Wales. I could confirm that the bloke who is listening from Mexico and I once drove to Wagga for a pizza and then drove home, literally. So he already knew that. I from Sydney? That. From Sydney, yeah. I should also add they won um, over Lake Albert and it also included a hat-trick. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. I know everyone wanted to know what happened to Lake Albert in that game. Uh, last, my All two, right. <laughs> my, my two can't let it go. I thought you've done yours. I, had, I have three, what? so I just oh, threw I one in. Um, I, I enjoyed so. when Rohit Sharma uh, started shadow batting at the crease while Steve Smith uh, was yeah. batting. But, <laughs> and the a massive troll job, just sort of probably looking and thinking, this isn't going to vir- go viral like yours. And, and finally, also... Um, you know, Nathan Lyon, congratulations, his 100th test. I know I've been critical of his bowling, but he's been a terrific servant of his ga- the game. And the fact that his family went up to Queensland, quarantined for a couple of weeks so they could be there, a shame they didn't get the result. But, you know, there's been only 13 players to play 100 tests for Australia, and so he's in a pretty good company. So Absolutely. Congratulations. I remember the first time an Australian cricket ever scored, played 100 tests, Alan Border, and he... Uh, they interviewed Viv Richards in the lead up to that in, on a current affair, and Jan Event said to Viv Richards, "You're going to give um, Alan Border a nice, gentle half volley when you when he comes out to bat." He says, "Well, no, because I didn't get that." Referring to the fact that Steve Waugh bowled in four bounces in, conse- in consecutive um, balls when he had walked out for his hundredth Test match. And if you think that's not relevant, the reason it's relevant is that is the last time yep. that Australia lost at the Gabba. That Test match, at Viv Richards' one hundredth at the Gabba in eighty eight, eighty nine. That is some train spotting. I love it. <laughs> well, listeners, that's it for this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. I think we should dedicate it to all our Indian cricket fans out there who are listening. Enjoy it. Soak it up. Uh, it's a, a victory for the ages. And we'll be back next week to reflect on that. And it'll be just before the finals of the Big Bash. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Podcast Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 